where the rocks are, put our oar in the water when we need to go around something, and just be listening, listening to things around us and know that it's okay to just be in the river of life and accept. And when we, when we fight that, when we're pushing so hard to be successful, we're pushing so hard to get everything done, I have to, I do this to myself even now, yeah. through me. I, I, truly, I just, I, sometimes I stay up way too late. But when I recognize, okay, I can do this and I can do this well, who can I partner with that could do this? And I'm willing to let go of the results. Mm. That's the hey, mamas, welcome to the Being Mother Hustler podcast. I'm your host, Mother Hustler, Kareen Mills. I'm a mama of two boys, founder of a tribe called Mother Hustler Nation, co-founder of the Game Changers Global Network, an insurance professional turned lifestyle entrepreneur, keynote speaker, and author. Each and every week, I'm bringing you stories and thoughts from mom entrepreneurs who will inspire you to take massive, imperfect action, unapologetically chase your dreams, and eradicate your excuses so you can quit treating your business like a hobby and turn your side hustle into full-time income. I know being mother hustler is not easy. But sisters, we are making it happen, even in this beautiful mess. Thank you so much for being present with me today. Now let's go mother the world. BJ Strummy is a Northwest native with a deep love of the woods and water. So any chance she gets you will find her hiking or kayaking. She has been an independent entrepreneur for over 38 years. So she knows the bumps and the hurdles we all need to get over to be successful. She has started and ran two businesses successfully, earning her top company recognition for years. In her business, Pop Mindset, she coaches entrepreneurs, how to read and communicate with prospects and coworkers better that will then result to networking effectively to maximize their efforts, therefore increasing confidence in business, life, and beyond. BJ loves personal coaching, creating amazing retreats in beautiful places like Costa Rica and Cabo San Lucas. She helps teams, big or small, create new ideas, provide them with tools and techniques so they can communicate better internally or externally. Some of these techniques will cut months, if not years, off their learning curve. She created the personality profiling system called Are You My Flock? It's a very fun and effective personality profiling system that builds success for entrepreneurs, mothers like me, and parents, or any leaders and sales professionals. Are You My Flock has brought many benefits to me personally and professionally, and I know it's brought so much value to some of the professionals I network. And my all-time favorite benefit is becoming a better mother understanding my children. Mother Hustlers, 
please help me in welcoming the mother hustler mothering the world this week. Are you my flock creator, coach, entrepreneur, and of course, a great friend, BJ Strami. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Being Mother Hustler podcast. I am your host, Kareen Mills. Welcome. We have an amazing woman here that I've known for a long, long time. BJ, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Kareen. Thank you very much. All right, sister, let's do this. Okay. So, tell me about your childhood. I always love listening to people's childhood because... The thing about childhood is that it really does mold you when you show up as an adult. And then we, we start healing process. We start personal development. As you know, you're really big with that. And that's kind of how we, we change to how we show up later in life too, based on our childhood. So take it away. You're, you're absolutely right. There's so much that forms us when we're young and most of the time, we're really not aware of it, not until you become an adult, often in your 40s, 50s, 60s, then we go, wait, why do I keep doing that? Or why do I keep attracting that? And suddenly we go, ah, oh, okay, I want to change, right? And, and we, don't, we don't look until, we don't look for a, a solution until we really see the problem. And when we're young, it's normal. Everything we grow up with, for the most part, seems normal unless you've got you know, maybe some friends or something that are a real counterbalance to what you grew up with. So you're absolutely right. I am very much into personal growth. Um, I had a pretty good childhood. I'm very grateful. I mean, and again, it yeah. felt normal to me. It's, right? uh, <laughs> it's really interesting how all that shape up. Um, it, if you have trauma when you're a child, it's going to affect your, a lot of times, teenage years. And then early 20s, you can show up at work because then you become a young adult that way as well. So it can affect the exterior part of your life and the relationships that you handle when you're, you know, when, it, when you're a grown adult. So that's, um, you know that, I mean, you do mindset training, you do a lot of like work in the mind. So tell us a little bit, how does that relate? Because I feel like a lot of people that have, I don't want to say traumatic childhood, but more of like a challenging right. childhood seems to excel later on in life. And there has to be a correlation to why that happens. And most of the moms that I interview here that has some sort of a childhood challenge or, you know, some people go like they go homeless with their parents or like for me, I was, you know, I watched my parents wrestle <laughs> and, you know, domestic violence and, and whatnot. So how was yours? Like, was yours pretty exciting, happy, challenging? How was your mom, your parents? Uh, well, a little bit of who I am today, of course, just like yourself, um, comes from, uh, you know, the surroundings. I had a, a very... Um, I had what I would say a songbird raptor mom. So if you've come to any of my classes, um, even if you haven't, you know, you hear the word songbird and you're like, okay, and raptor. And she was, um, 
She was a single mom for quite a while. Uh, I am one of six kids. Let's see, Patsy, Debbie, Mike, me, Garn. Yeah, six, sorry, we lost one. Um, but she was, you know, she was pretty, a, a pretty dominant, powerful force in our lives. Um, and she worked because for a long time she was a single mom and she was a nurse. So we didn't have the same, you know, stay at home mom kind of experience. She wasn't a warm fuzzy, she was fun. Uh, and I probably had one of the best relationships with her. You know, each child has their own unique relationship with them. And when you have a dominant parent, you might have a quieter child. That quieter child feels either neglected or run over or made fun of. And all those things happened in our family. You know, some of us were tougher on the other siblings. Um, and she did get remarried when I was about, I must have been six, seven, something like that. Um, and so then I have another little sister who's my absolute closest sister. And there was still trouble in the family as far as money was always a thing that she had to worry about. <clears throat> you know, being a single mom, she was a pretty powerful woman and her mom was a pretty powerful woman. So she was the, my mother was the only girl in a family of boys. So wow. <laughs> that makes you powerful. <laughs> well, yeah, she kind of had to fight for her way a little bit. She had one brother she was real close to that, uh, you know, kind of protected her. And my grandmother was also a really, um, I would say not powerful, but strong. Um, very strong-willed, and just from everything that we can pick up in the past, she had a pretty she had a pretty hard childhood, and um, she got out on her own at the age of eighteen. Back in that day, you know, I mean, they lived in the country, so she literally walked across the country to leave when she was eighteen to leave where she was to try and find another place to live, you know, someone to work for, and so I mean that that take care of yourself kind of mental attitude, like you're what you got. You don't lean on other people. You don't count on other people. You need to be able to take care of yourself. You need to be able to stand on your own two feet. Um, it really kind of in our family created a dynamic of where the women, for the, for the most part, the women were the ones with the, were the money makers, um, wow. kind of taking care of the guys. And so I, I see that, you know, I have seen that throughout my family, not, not consistently in the same dynamic with each relationship, but still where, um, the women were in some ways the more responsible party. Wow. That's been an interesting thing because then of course you go looking unconsciously for that same type of relationship. Sure. Um, and, and then sometimes you don't end up in such a good one because that's not really, that's not the best dynamic in any relationship is where one is just having all of the responsibility and the other one doesn't. So yeah, it's that's shown up a little bit, but other than that, you know, I mean, that's the biggest thing I think I've brought into my adult life was just that belief that you had to do it yourself, you know, that you had to stand on your own two feet, that you don't ask for help. And our generation now, not, not my generation, but the generation now, you know, the 20 year olds and the 30 year olds, that is not their mentality. You know, they have no problem asking somebody for help for the most part, like, can I borrow your phone? Or, you know, um, can you give me a ride or those yeah. kinds of things? And it's, and so it's something I've had to um, get over, something I had to find tools. Why do I have some of these same things that push me? Why do I have trouble, um, you know, asking for help uh, yeah. and, and that kind of thing. Now, the other thing that was beautiful about my childhood is I had cousins who were close. And back in 
I grew up in Montana, so we didn't have, of course, no computers, no internet, and I didn't grow up with a lot of TV. That means it was fun. Well, we played outside. <laughs> yeah, you know, we played outside. We made um, tunnels in the hay barn. We went horseback riding. Uh, you know, we stayed at grandma's in the country, rode the school bus home with the cousins. There was a lot of that for me in my life that was really fun, joy-filled and very lighthearted. And that to this day has kept us close to our cousins. And that's a beautiful thing to have relations and relationships that really support you and encourage you and they're there for you. Even if you don't see them for a long, long time, they have this special place in your heart. And, um, you yeah. know, them you're back together so for the most part I'm very blessed I didn't have a I didn't have a physically emotional uh, childhood there was there was some you know emotional stuff not not physical but emotional stuff that everybody perfections yeah you know just that yeah yeah, never perfect yep Um, get it done do it right I want to talk about having a hard time asking for help because Mm -hmm. You know, I think not just women, but for the most part, humans, because we tend to have the pride and sometimes no matter how difficult life gets, we feel timid from ask, like for asking help. And, you know, there's a point in our lives where we have to learn how to ask, not only learn how to ask for help, but learn how to receive help. As for me, when, you know, I'm in your, you know, I've gone through your class and I'm a raptor and it's very self-sustaining. I'm very independent. I like to be dominant and have, you know, control, but learning how to relinquish control too is something that I have to really not adapt, but really have self-discipline for, Um, you know, not, I don't have control of everything. So I think the control factor stresses a raptor out because when we don't have that control, we tend to kind of don't feel like we're significant. Mm -hmm. So my kids, because I always, I'm big a proponent for show your kids, don't tell them. And so everything that I do is an example for them and everything that I say is an example for them. And I think the best way to parent is just to show them that it's, you know, you're never also being vulnerable around them. I I noticed that they are also allowing themselves to be vulnerable and having an open channel of communication. Right. Perfectly honest. My biggest fear as a mom is a lot of these teenage suicide. That's yes. one of the things that I, it comes through my mind and I, and I work really hard to get it out of my mind. Yeah. By feeding my mind, positive thinking and positive, con- you know, consuming positive content and whatnot, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it comes in and out, but especially when there's, you know, I, I don't really watch television. I don't watch a lot of news, but, social media tends to show you some of the, some of these things. So those are like the challenge that I have. It's interesting. uh, The, the atmosphere that our children grow up in versus what we grew up in, you know, even going back to like the struggles of my mother versus the struggles we have. Think about this. My wife, uh, nine times out of 10, 
she's delivering dinner through Uber Eats because we don't have time to prepare a yes. meal and we don't want to serve just boxes of Kraft mac and cheese every Correct. night, right? So like our parents, they didn't even have that, you know, like they had to go to the grocery store. There was no service that brought you anything or shortcutted your time or schedule. And so like living in today's atmosphere is just so completely different. But, you know, I hear you when you talk about insecurities with the kids. I think we all have those. One of my New Year's resolutions is actually patience because yeah. I think that's the, that's the number one thing I struggle with, with three kids. They all want your attention. Yes. You have other things you're focused on. And there's nothing worse than when I have to leave on another business trip. And mm -hmm. I feel like I've been the angry, grouchy dad who didn't sit down and listen and draw an extra picture or teach, you know, really teaching the kids a craft or skill and, um, and just relying on the circumstances around them to do that. I want to be this, the same as you. I want to be that parent that yeah. does everything that's the best of their ability to give these children the future to be as big and as bright as they want to be. Yeah, how I have, it, it's really your, you know, we have what we call a mom guilt, and then obviously you have dad guilt, right? Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. it's really um, being guilty of not being present with them, and how I've really combat that is right. when, because I have big dreams, and you obviously have big dreams, and how I have really maybe created the guilt to go away is that, I include them in some sort of like a meeting, you know, if you're a CMO of Cardone Ventures, yep. and if you look at how you work with your team, oh, interesting. in the corporate world, you really have to, in order for your team to function properly, you really have to not only communicate your vision and mission to them so that they all right. buy into that, but you also have to wheel them back in and make them understand that you have a goal to meet. And, you know, you right. can't just play around on social media all the time. Right, right. Are numbers that matters. But so I kind of translated that into my parenthood. Not, you know, not obviously I don't run my household as a business, but somewhat parallel right. to it. Sure, and sure. So, so I... I have meetings with my family and I just say, Hey, look, these are the things that mom have to do non negotiable right. in order right. for me to achieve the vision that we have as a family. Yeah. And so yeah. like today I'm recording in, you know, my bedroom and the boys are in their bedrooms and I, and I just let them know, okay, I need like an uninterrupted hour. Cause I'm going to interview buck wise and they know they already know you but oh um, nice nice but then That's um very cool when it's their time so here's how you can zap that guilt when it's their time you need to give it your all like if if you want right. to give them one hour of your day you have to give them all the that purest one hour yes right, the purest hour that you can give them yeah there, yeah there was good advice i was interviewing with the chief brand officer at Ford Motor Company in Dearborn, Michigan. And we were just talking about life and work and schedules. And um, there was an executive in the room with me. and He'd been at Ford Motor Company for years. And we were talking about traveling. And he said, you know, his kids were all in college. And he's like, man, your kids are so young. And, and I was like, yeah, how did you get through the travel? And his advice to me was, when you are present at home, 
be mm -hmm. present at home. He goes, because I guarantee you, they don't remember when you're gone. Yes. They remember when you were there and you weren't there. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, and, and, and so, and so I try to live by that as well. And I love what you're saying about the parallels of work and family and how you tie those together. We have something we teach at Cardone Ventures, which is called PPF, which is personal, professional, and financial goals. Mm -hmm. And those goals, they 110%, they intersect with one another. And if you think for a second, you're running a business and you think for a second that you're employees, your team's ability to perform at their highest level isn't affected mm -hmm. by their personal life. That's where I think a lot of businesses fall short by not yes. understanding the way that those things all intersect. That if you can fix one of them and the second one and the third one, that's how you get the most optimized experience with your employees. That's how you get the most out of everyone that's working for you to yes. achieve those goals. It's a, yeah, you get a lot of production that way. And um, one of the things that I always say on social media, like there is no professional success that can ever compensate failure within your family unit. And right, right. And then the other piece that I always say is that, you know, you don't have to be perfect. You just have to be present Right. So when, when it comes to parenting, because we work so hard to think that we can achieve perfection as a parent, but we simply cannot. And right. so that's, you know, those are the things that I have challenges with, but yep. we do what's best and we do, you know, work really hard on being present with our sons. And That's I think awesome. that makes a huge difference, you know, and, yeah. you know, you go to parent teacher conference. That's when, you know, the validation is there because right. the last parent teacher conference that we went literally like every single teacher were so happy to meet us that we right. were, their names are Caden and Taylor and that, you know, you, you guys are doing a really good job because your kids are not just nice, but they are kind. Mm. And and, and the teacher says, and you probably know the difference. I'm not, you know, it's like, these kids are very kind. And I'm like, wow. Right. That's awesome. You know? Yeah. It's, well, it's, congratulations. It sounds like you've done a lot of the hard work. You, you, you guys are well on your way because they're, they're, they're hitting their second phase of development in life, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's the scariest awesome. one that I have. You know, it's the stage yeah. of their life that I am mostly worried about. But, you know, yeah. I just, I figured what I did the first stage of their life, if I keep doing it, the second stage, I think will be fine. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. I think you've got it all figured out, actually. That's the other thing to remember, you know, is that we're all just trying to figure it out. And there really is no one perfect way to do it. And, and everyone's trying their hardest. And I think to your point, the pressures of social media, people get so wrapped up in them. And, and it's like, you know, nobody's perfect. We're all just trying to do what's best and survive. And if mm -hmm. we would take the time to give ourselves the, the accomplishment and give ourselves a little bit of congratulatory time, you know, I think that um, it, you shouldn't beat yourself up so much. Yeah. And, you, and so anyways, what's like, what is you, your biggest challenge as a parent do you have the same challenges as I mentioned or do you like do you feel like gosh why are we having other people watch our kids like do yeah you, do you ever like think about that of how it's going to impact your children 
I've got two challenges that I face right now. The first one's a big one, and it's just patience when I'm with them because, you know, I work in a pretty aggressive business environment, and it's very fast-paced. And so I get home, and I want my family to operate in sort of the same manner. And, you you know, a four-year-old or a six-year-old or a one-year-old, they don't, they're not at the developmental stage where you, you can those expectations can be there, you know? So it's like, you have to slow down and get into a different mode. And so for me, that's sometimes hard. So I struggle with, you know, taking a deep breath and just sitting on the floor and letting mm -hmm. them color outside the lines and let it, you know, it's like, we just want them to be so perfect. If you want to teach them and they get frustrated, you know, it's like baseball with my oldest son. I want to teach him how to hit the ball and so I get him all the gear and he's excited and then five minutes in he's in tears because he doesn't want to hit the ball anymore because dad's telling him how to do it 16 times and it's not fun for him and you're like oh what am I doing I can't even teach my kid how to play baseball so I struggle I think we all struggle with a lot of those same general things you know one one thing that's interesting is my oldest son recently he's turned six now he's he's in kindergarten he, he's become very emotional. Um, and that's been something new for us. Uh, you know, we've seen other kids that are hypersensitive and hyper aware. And, and he's a bit of, a, you know, he's a bit of a, a creative savant in that way. He's, you know, he's told that he has the best handwriting, even like a kindergartner, wow. even out of first, second and third grade students, his handwriting's impeccable. And his his art projects stand out from everyone else's art projects. And um, but he's but he's like a really emotional kid lately. He, you know, you could call it you could call it whatever you want. OCD. He's very particular with what he wants and the way he wants it. Um, and and he gets frustrated easily. So maybe there's a little bit of me in there where he's got very specific expectations. And when those expectations are met, he's very upset about them. So you know, my wife and I are going through like. Do you tell your kid not to cry? Do you like, hey, don't cry about that. That's not something to cry over. Or do you teach them why they shouldn't be emotional about certain things? You know, so we're like, we're like on Google. We're Googling this <laughs> stuff. You know, our parents couldn't Google this stuff, but we're trying to figure out like, what do you do with a really talented, smart kid who's just hypersensitive at this stage in his life? Hmm. So, I, do you ask yeah, And I don't have the answer. I Do you check in with them every now and then of like how school and is there any troubles and things of that nature? Yeah, of course. Every day, every day we check in and we talk about what they did in school and what conversations they had. And, you know, we definitely, you know, he brings his projects home and we go through them and look at them and we hang them up on the fridge. And so, yeah, you know, and she's, you know, I obviously I can't take a lot of the credit. My wife is pretty amazing. She does a lot of the heavy parenting lift, lifting for me is I, I have to travel a lot. But um, yeah, you know, we do, we do those things. It's just, um, you know, we read that at this stage in their life, this is just something they start to experience. And as they become their own little human, you know, they, yeah. they start to develop their own personalities this way. It's fun and exciting, but also challenging at the same time. Six to 10 is such a flagship stage of a kid's life. I believe that's when they, yeah. they begin to access a lot of their emotional um, feelings and they begin right. to let it out. 
It's right. like they right. just found it and now they're using it too much. <laughs> right, right. And That's so funny. my 10 year old is very much like that. My 13 year old Caden, he used to be like that around that age. In fact, he's such a perfectionist that when he got uh, like one wrong out of five questions, he, he yeah. came into my car when I picked him up at school and started crying really hard and i'm like oh, no that is a good thing but that's also a problem when he thinks yeah that making a one error out of five and really getting 80 percent of the whole thing is was like a sad thing for him so that's we, had, crazy. To, we no. had to go through that stage with our oldest but then our youngest has always been like whenever he tells a story he's he's very emotional no matter what the story yeah yeah. So I think they just all go through that stage. So they'll yeah, grow out of it. It sounds like it. It sounds like it. Yeah. I think it's how you handle it in those stages that affects the way they come out of them. Right. Yeah. What are the names of yeah. your children? We've got Logan, Liam, and Charlie. And Charlie is, we, for short, we call her Charlotte. She's the only girl in the entire, <laughs> in the entire <laughs> family. Yeah. That's so awesome. So tell us yeah. about Buck. Like, what is it's it's funny because your Instagram is about Buck. So now it sure get, is. It's all about me. That's right. <laughs> you get to tell us all about you and your progression in everything that you you've been doing. And I yeah, know sure. that um, like for me, it's all about impact for me. And you know, I want to yeah. make a huge impact. And how do I do this? And also, you know pay my bills and make, make my, my family happy and, you know, pay all the, the dues, but tell me about Buck and how Buck got here. Yeah, boy. Um, that's a really, I can give you a, sh I'll give you a shorter version. There's so many fun, exciting details, but you know, I, like I mentioned earlier, I started in traditional broadcast and really honed in on how to connect with audiences, build communities, tell stories. And, mm -hmm. you know, essentially that, that, that went from traditional media into the digital space. And, and a lot of those skills and a lot of that creativity transcended into digital marketing. Um, you know, I, I was fortunate when I worked for CBS, they allowed me to build my own small agency and uh, it was called Training New Media. And I had uh, about five employees, a small little agency shop in Detroit, Michigan. And I worked with Major League Baseball, Advanced Media, Detroit Tigers, North American International Auto Show, um, Valvoline Oil. I, I had some pretty good sized clients for owning a, a small independent agency shop. Um, but that, that agency experience allowed me to learn some of the fundamentals of business ownership and understanding mm -hmm. how to be a leader and to build a team. And the, the other things that taught me were, you know, account services and how to really super serve a customer and a lot of really good things that you don't on the creative talent side of broadcast, you don't learn those things. And so yeah. I needed that experience in order to, to be able to do what I'm doing today. And so from, from the small agency, I ended up going into rather large brand work and large agency, um, uh, a large agency career where I worked for honestly the largest creative agency in the world, which is called Wonderman Thompson, which is part of the WPP network. Mm -hmm. And I got to work on brands such as Starbucks and Nike and PayPal and Google. And the list just goes on and on. Nestle, CPG, I worked on Sweet Tarts, Candy, and all of the fun things inside of Nestle. Um, and that's where I really 
cut my teeth on Fortune 500 million dollar branding campaigns um, and budgets. You know, it's it was it's, so I've I've done everything from the creative side to the small business side to the large enterprise. Uh, my last role before I joined Cardone Ventures was SVP of marketing and partnerships for the world's largest agency, Wonderman Thompson, and I started to learn more about you know, uh, third-party data and the relationships with all of those wonderful platforms like SAP and Salesforce that allow Mm -hmm. those things to happen. And so I, uh, you know, just, you know, in my life, I've been called a utility player. Sometimes people call them unicorns. And I think the biggest lesson for me has been, you know, that it's great to be that utility player. So I, I, you know, occasionally people ask me if I have time to do mentorship programs with them and and it is something that I really do enjoy doing is, is helping, you know, young entrepreneurs that are trying to make a difference, people that really want to do something with their life. I enjoy yes. helping people that, that want to do that. And so the big, I think the biggest question I get asked is how did you go from A to B to C to D? They're all somewhat similar, but definitely different. And my right. learning lesson was taking steps backwards to go forwards. I think everyone thinks they can just move forward at lightning speed. And for me, I had to take sacrifice, risk, and cuts. When I sold my small agency in Detroit, Michigan, and decided to move back to Portland, Oregon, I didn't have a job with Nike. And I had to work really hard for months to get my foot into the Nike door and to, and to have conversations and communication the same way that big enterprise creative agencies were having those those conversations I had to fit in and I had to learn and adapt and mold myself into something new I had to reinvent myself and so um, that's something I'm super passionate about is helping people reinvent themselves and and do what you do make a bigger impact so uh, that's what brought me to today working with Cardone Ventures I'm working with one of the smartest entrepreneurs I've ever met in my entire life his name is Brandon Dawson he's a part of the He's a 50-50 partner of the Cardone Enterprise Network. Mm-hmm. So if you know Grant Cardone, he yes. is, um, yeah, he's, he, he is also a massive success and a force to be reckoned with. And not just the sales arena, but also now in the real estate space, he's, mm-hmm. he's changing lives. And that's something that he talks about is, you know, he's, he likes making money, but he likes changing lives and he likes making an impact um, and, and helping people. It's all about helping people at the end of the day. And so what, what, what Brandon and I are doing is we're helping businesses that want to scale, mm-hmm. understand the fundamentals and the core essentials that those businesses need in order to do that. And the reason we're able to do that is because I have the marketing wherewithal and the experience to understand how somebody should take a look at their strategy and build an audience and connect and create opportunities to, you know, not just have relationships, but also to sell products and, and 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 how those all great with we've got Brandon Dawson who's you know he's he's got record breaking experience in history selling um, or selling one of his companies Audigy at seventy seven times EBITDA which is just unheard of in the wow. business space you know and and you know he he's one of the youngest entrepreneurs. Um, in the country to ring the the New York's stock exchange bell and go public with a company. And, um, and so, you know, he's, he, he is just an unbelievable source of knowledge and wisdom. And he's been there and done that. And he's had the ups and downs and failures and successes. And so 
he can come into any business and really tell them at whatever phase they're at in their life. It's, it's amazing to watch him talk to businesses and say, I know exactly what you're going through. I know where your pain points are and I know how to solve them. And it, uh, unequivocally, every time he has that conversation, he, he a hundred percent does understand that. And so, he, you know, he, he asked me to, to join him and his effort to help businesses transform themselves and scale. And, um, I didn't want to miss an opportunity to be a part of, you know, if you've studied Brandon Dawson and what he's done in his life, I would never miss an opportunity to be a part of it as he goes on round three and round four, you know, so we're building our own team and scaling our own consultancy as we work around the country with, with all different types of businesses, dentists and roofers and doctors. And, um, and so that, you know, in a nutshell, that's my entire life. And I'm, you know, I'm just super blessed and fortunate. I, I have nothing to complain about. I've got a great family. I've got an unbelievable opportunity from a career side. I feel blessed and fulfilled from my personal, professional, and financial goals. It's just like the future is massively bright. And, and I really, what I enjoy is connecting with like-minded people like you, Karen, who just want to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and, and you, you've got the, the strength and knowledge to want to 10x your life and go bigger. Yeah. Yeah. You said something about reinventing yourself. How, how do you find it challenging to reinvent yourself or do you like for me? Cause for me, it's, it was scary in the beginning, but, but it was exhilarating once I'm like, you know, if I could do that, right. What else am I capable of doing? That's exactly it. I think confidence is the key. And so when you use the word scary, I see that as really, you know, do you have the confidence to A, do what you do, but B, believe in yourself enough to do it and C, the ability to tell other people who you are and what you do in a way that is trusting and organic and, um, you know, in a way that they will, they will believe it just as much as you implicitly believe it yourself. And, and I think that there's a lot of strategy and tactic that goes into how you do it. Mm-hmm. And it just depends where you're coming from and where you're going. But the, the biggest piece of advice that I give away is you have got to be able to tell your story and you've got to sit down and craft it out. And mm-hmm. you really, you know, because you, you, you just, you know, people talk about first impressions you only have so much time. And when that opportunity, when lightning strikes and it's right in front of your face, are you going to be prepared to tell that story of who you are and what you do in a way that's going to be compelling and authentic to that person? And if you haven't really done the homework on yourself to understand what that is, you'll never figure it out. A good example of that is I met with uh, Nike executives And they said, so Buck, tell me what you do. You know, I wiggled my way into their office. This was the head of digital for Nike at the time. And his name was, uh, let's see, it was Musa Tariq and Jesse. I believe Jesse was in the room as well. And I said, I do this and I do this and I do that and I do this and I do that. And they were like, wow, you do everything. And I said, you know, we're not hiring a senior I do everything role. That doesn't exist, you know. There's no senior I do everything. And it's like, it's because people go so quickly to a place and that just shows my insecurity, right? People go to the place of all the things they're great at. 
because they want to prove so badly that they can be that person. Right. So true. Mm -hmm. So we just go to this place of like, I did this, 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 and I know this person and I met this person and this person does this. And you just start vomiting this stuff out of your mouth because you're so insecure. So you think you have to oversell yourself. The truth is you have to be concise and very specific about what your core principles and fundamentals of who you are and what you want to do are, you know, it's like, and that goes for like creating a business as well. You know, you have to understand how in 10 to 15 seconds, you can talk about your business in a way that connects with that consumer that lets them not just understand what your products and services are, but what you stand for. And that's the same thing from a personal brand story is what are the things that you stand for? And I had to learn the hard way to build that because I was, you know, shoot out of a room. Luckily, I wiggled my way into another opportunity and had the, had the chance to work for Nike for five years. Um, but it was a learning lesson for me. And, and that is the biggest piece of advice I can give when we talk about transforming yourself. Yeah. Well, we go into this like proving everybody else that you are a great person and you have great right. accolades and you have a great resume. So we go into this resume mode right away instead of really telling our story. And I get often, I get asked about... Um, how do I set, set myself apart? And then I was like, right. well, have you ever sat down and asked yourself, who are you? And right. that's truly how, and like, it's so, they make it so complex when it's so simple. Like, who are you from your core? And then I get asked like, Hey, I'm starting a podcast. What should I, what should I title it? Is this like, these are the ideas that I have. And I'm, I'm like, I don't care about your ideas. I care about who do you think you are in this world? Who do you think you right. represent? What, what are you all about? And so I give them examples. So like for me, being like mother hustler is just a word, but being right. one is like an actionable one. Like you right. have to, you have to perform as a mother. And also can you do both, you know, right greatly can you be a great mom and also a great businesswoman and if you cannot and you have all these excuses how you cannot be both then you are not being and so and so for me i titled my podcast based on who i am and the rest of your audience will just catapult back into you and get attracted to you because because they can resonate with you. I think we go into this attraction mode, like we can create these uh, resumes so we can attract good people. Yes. Attract people that will forever follow you and will do, will buy whatever you sell because they feel like they, that you are them. Right. You know? And that's such good advice. It's so true. Yeah. So it's like, don't complicate it. Just keep it simple. <laughs> yeah, I like right? it. It really too. is. Cool. Yeah. So, one question for you Is there any question that you wish you would be asked that nobody ever asked you? Oh, gosh. I don't know that I've ever been asked that question. I think that's the question that I would like to be asked that nobody <laughs> ever asked me. Uh, you know, um, boy, that's a good one. A question that nobody ever asked me that I wish they would. Um, you know, I get a lot of career questions. 
I get a little bit of personal questions. It's been fascinating for me to talk about the way that translates from my, my mom and motherhood and her ability to transfer. No one has ever asked me. That's why I love what you represent and what you're doing because, you know, I think there's just sort of, there's been a stigma around motherhood. You know, there's been, you know, I, I was fortunate enough to work for an all-female agency called Swift. They're, I don't know if you've heard of Swift in Portland, Oregon, but they, um, Liz Valentine is the CEO Mm-hmm. And there were, I think there were four female executives and I was one of two, three male executives. And it was like 60% something female creatives, which is just unheard of in the space. And there's just such a stigma around females in the workplace and females and entrepreneurial. And so like, it's so great to like be able to get a fresh perspective from you and to hear, to hear your journey of how you've been able to cope with and maintenance both being a great mom but also being this stellar entrepreneur you know so i think i think those questions in the beginning were really the questions that were fascinating to me that nobody else asked thank you well you know a lot of successful entrepreneurs there's always a mother behind them or a wife behind them you know and yeah and like i kudos to you because i saw your 10-year anniversary with your wife and you treated thank her you like queen so i have to i have to (laughs) (laughs) i got no choice if i don't have her i got nothing i gotta keep her happy yeah and so it's there's always that and there's so much male it's dominated by men in in like the higher level corporate level you know even in the business world and and we forget that there are women that supports that in it's a support system, right? And I, I yeah. that's why I love Grant Cardone because the same way that, that you do, like you put your women on a pedestal. Yeah. You're very strong men and very driven men, but but really honoring the woman around your lives. And he talks right. a lot about his mother all the time. So Right, right. It's thank true. you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. This was great. I was uh, very honored to be amazing things thank you what's your message to your kids today or the message that i want them to hear when they're older today today okay uh i think the message to the kids is to um you know to be confident in who you are and unapologetically um comfortable doing what you want to do and being who you want to be, whatever that is. And that, you know, dad's going to be proud no matter what it is. That's awesome. What is your message to your wife? Uh, don't, don't ever leave me. I can't do anything without you. You're, (laughs) you're my everything. Yeah. You know, like I just like, I, that's so hard. It's so hard to put into words. Um, yeah, it's just like my message to her is just just so much thanks and gratitude, honestly. That's awesome. Before I last yeah. uh, or ask you the last question, where can yeah. my listeners find you? I think Instagram, you know, listen, I know TikTok is what's next and I I'm on know. there if you re- if you want to join me on TikTok, you know, look for Buckwise on TikTok. But yeah, I you know, there's not a 
you don't get the messaging on TikTok. I don't like the DMs. The one-to-one messaging on TikTok is not as good as, as Instagram. I mean, you yes. and I found each other on Instagram. You know, Instagram's like, Instagram is my business portal right now. I love. Yes, I know it's creative. It's creative and it's it's lifestyle, whatever. But uh, about Buck on Instagram would be awesome. I'd love to. Any of your listeners that want to follow along, I'd love to follow you back and and hear more stories of success like yours. That would be awesome. Thank you. One last question before I let you go. What is your definition of mother hustler? When you heard that word, what came yeah. to your mind? Uh, my wife immediately, like two jobs, three kids. She just flew from Miami to Portland with three kids by herself, no nanny, you know? And I was like, that's just a, it's just a superhuman freak. Like, mm-hmm. yeah men don't have the ability to do that. I would never be able to take three kids across the country on an airplane. I would lose my mind. I would jump out of the airplane, you know? And and not to mention she's working 16 real estate deals. She's running corporate real estate for Columbia Sportswear. She's, you know, I mean, she it, it's just it's just it's just unbelievable. When I hear that word, I think of women like you and like her that are able to operate at these levels that that most people can't even operate at, you know? Yeah. And on a different, yeah. different generation to our own mothers, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Buck. Thank you so much for uh, being here and thank yeah. you for, for your wisdom and all the business wisdom that you left with us. It'll forever be engraved in my podcast. So thank Love you so it. much. Love it. You're so sweet and so kind to, to allow me the chance to be on your podcast. And I wish you a massive amount of listens this year in 2020. Um, And so uh, hopefully everybody on their, whether they're listening on their anchor app or their iTunes app, hopefully they'll continue to to follow you and, and, and be a part of your journey in 2020. So thanks for having me on. I really do appreciate it. You're welcome. Hey ladies, I am so excited to announce my new program, The Women's Incubator. It is my brand spanking new Pick My Brain program, and it is very affordable. For $20.20 every month, you can pick my brain on an unlimited basis, hosted inside the Facebook group, The Women's Incubator with Kareen Mills. Come join us, come grow with us, and grow your impact throughout this next decade. 2020 is your year. This is your decade. It's time to make a huge impact. Visit www.kareenmills.com forward slash TWI. Again, that's www.kareenmills.com forward slash TWI. And I will see you inside the incubator. All right, sisters, thank you so much for listening and always supporting the Being Mother Hustler podcast every single episode, every single week. I know most of you take screenshots of these episodes and share it all over your social media outlet. And for some of you that's left us a five-star review from the bottom of my heart, I'm so super grateful for you. Make sure you follow us on Spotify and subscribe to the show on iTunes. And it would mean the world to the entire Mother Hustler Nation community if you wrote us a five-star review. Because I'm telling you, this is not about me. This is not about you. 
It's about all of us in the community inspiring each other, learning from each other, and not allowing each other to make any excuses to chase our dreams. I swear I read those reviews and it fuels me to my core, makes me cry for great reasons, so I so look forward to reading those reviews. As always, sisters, don't forget to give, serve, live, and love. Have a mother hustling day. My boy. That's <laughs> My awesome. Crazy. That's okay, so to, to, to close this episode, what is your message to your kids? My message to their kids is that my kids is that I love them so much. Ah, uh, yes, for sure. You're a good yeah, mom. and to, to to take life by the horns and yes. never have any fears and always be positive and mm. go for the stars. Amazing. Thank you for yeah. that. You still talk Thank to your mom? You. Oh yeah, oh yeah. She's coming actually um in May, she's coming for three three months. My dad, I don't, I don't know. Maybe he'll end up coming for a month. Um, awesome. They have animals and stuff, and they, it's not easy to leave the house. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, That's we're great. actually considering maybe retiring and going, moving back either to Barcelona, or Lisbon, or Budapest, or somewhere in Romania. We're not sure, but I think overall, spiritually, we kind of. That's yeah, awesome. Still there. Well, I'll so. come visit you to Barcelona, Spain, because I Spain is on my bucket list. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, first of all, come to visit us here, and then we'll ah. go to visit you there. And once there you, you make go. it to this side of the country to see us, who knows? Maybe you move here. Ah. So buy some is... rental properties here. I'll ah, help you, you buy. What is your message to your mom? My message to my mom is that, you know, my mom, she's the one that actually genetically gave me the positivity. That's awesome. Because she's the one that always said, you know, if you want to go for an Oscar, go for an Oscar. Mm-hmm. You have it all, girl. You have it all. Just do it. I love just that. do it. Follow yeah. your dreams. So my message to her is to just stay as smiley and crazy as she is because she <laughs> beats me every day when i'm down and oftentimes right we're tired and down she just calls and she goes hola how are you <laughs> hi mom what's up what's up with the face uh you can't even you know because you go wait it's like a wake-up call like, why wow. am i tired why am i you know and here's this 60 year old woman and she's like shaking her boobs when she goes to a party and she's like all crazy and I'm like, man, you know, That's you forget great. to leave when you're trapped into that. So true. Mm-hmm. Cool. So there you go. Before I ask my last question, where can my listeners find you? I know where to find you, but they don't. So tell us where to find you. Social media, where do you hang out around? Often and all that good stuff. I'm everywhere. <laughs> I'm everywhere, sister. I'm on YouTube. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I don't use Instagram that much, but cool. I'm getting there. I don't really use it. But Joanna in Facebook, Joanna in Realty for I guess probably nobody would want to contact me for real estate that has anything. Never know. To do with, you would never know. 
with Joanna Nain Realty um, slash the Prosperous Agency. Um, just, I'm, I'm, um, if anyone wants to come to the Raleigh area, I'm here welcoming them with soup, with tea, with coffee, oh, with homemade great. Romanian food, that's anything they want. I'm here, yes. We're, our house is open to anyone. But on social media, Google my name. I'm there. I'm omnipresent. <laughs> spell, spell your name so they know how to Google it. So it's Y-O-A-N-A, mm -hmm. and the last name is N-I-N, Joanna Lind. Awesome. All right, in within one minute, um, last, last question. When you heard the word mother hustler, it's a, it's a play of two words put together of a treatment center now, and you think it's a critical part of, of the treatment for parents to be there for their children when they're in there, the young adult children? I do, if it makes sense. You know, unfortunately, there's a lot of families out there that, that parents just are not capable. That's the truth. But the ones yeah. that are, absolutely. Um, I, I wish everybody would have great communication, that we, we encourage involvement. We encourage involvement with our uh, therapists where they'll meet with the parents. Coming up, available. I'm going to be introducing it next month and opening the class up for the fourth quarter. That is so amazing. Congratulations on that. Or is that gonna be when you said, what was the title again of the class? Master Key Membership. Because is that gonna be a membership based? Amazing, Lisa, thank you so much. And before I ask you my last question, I do want you to tell um, our listeners where they can find you, what the name of your rehab is, and all that good stuff. Okay, sure. Well. Um, the name of um, my company is called Silver Sands Recovery. We're in Prescott, Arizona. The best way to call me is 888-845-9484. That's 888-845-9484. Or look us up online, Silver Sands Recovery. We talked about you can apply your class to Are You My, or Are you my Flack to business, entrepreneurship, being a parent and a mom, like I already talked about my journey with how I applied it in my journey. And then of course, as a teacher, and, and I mean, as a parent, we're always going to be teachers to our kids. We are their first teachers, mm -hmm. but also um, as a teacher in a classroom environment or a school district and things like that. So mm -hmm. it is truly a universal tool that everybody could use to uh, just about for anything. Yeah, right. Absolutely. And so, the first place people will put it is in their personal life. Every time they take the class, they're like, I wish you could get my wife, or I wish you could get my husband or my partner to take this. So 